0: the third chapter, Galatians chapter 3, um, Sister Christy, I'll go ahead and tell you for some reason it's, uh, we're having connection issues this morning, so um, I'm going to just go ahead and go with my backup notes, so anyway, Galatians chapter 3 and verse number 7, Galatians chapter 3 and verse number 7, Amen. All right, It says, Therefore, know that only those who are of faith are sons of Abraham. So consider just what this verse is saying. Alright. It's it's, therefore means in light of, and in light of, of course, is speaking of chapters 1, chapter 2, and the first six verses of chapter 3. We're not going to try to um, cover all that this morning. But when he says, therefore, in light of what's been revealed to you, know, know, right? In other words, this is something that we need to know. This is something that that we need to be aware of, something that we need to understand and, and recognize. Therefore, know that only those who are of faith are sons of Abraham. Only those who are of faith are sons of Abraham. Only those who are of faith are sons of Abraham. Okay, look at me for a moment, please. I'll tell you what, let's just, no, we're not going to turn there, we'll stay right here. All right, listen to me very quickly. Maybe we'll get there tonight, but I want to just remind you of a conversation that Jesus had with a group of people in John the 8th chapter. Let's turn there, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. John the 8th chapter, amen. Praise God. I got so much I want to share with you this morning. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being in faith with me about it. Amen. All right, John chapter 8. John chapter 8 and um, praise God. Let's begin at verse number 30. John 8 and verse number 30. As he spoke these words to, as he spoke these words, many believed in him. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed Him, If you abide in My word, you are My disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. They answered Him, We are Abraham's descendants and have never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say you will be made free? Jesus answered them, most assuredly, I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin, and a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. Therefore, if the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. Now look at me for a moment. Amen. We often quote these verses, you'll know the truth and the truth will make you free, without really paying attention to the context of what's being said in connection with these verses and what's ta- what took place before and after those verses first of all Jesus did not just say you'll know the truth and the truth will make you free Jesus said if you continue in my word you will be my disciples indeed and you will know the truth and the truth will make you free amen so we see that there is a continuing in the word there's a commitment to giving his word place in our hearts that's necessary in order for us to become a disciple And then as disciples, we know the truth, and the truth sets us free. Amen. Now, Jesus had just put some religious leaders in their place, so to speak. They had tried to, to openly embarrass and shame a woman, and it was all a feeble attempt by the religious establishment to embarrass and, and, and put Jesus in a position you know, where He wouldn't know how to answer in a situation. And of course, that never worked for them a single time. And so the folks who witnessed this that were in the temple that day, uh, the Bible says that they believed in Him. And this doesn't mean what maybe you and I have been taught to believe that it means, it literally means that they gave him credit. In other words, they were like, you know, way to go, Jesus, standing up to those religious bullies. They had basically um, allowed their hearts to lean in his direction favorably to him. And so Jesus saw that as a potential opening, right? And, and, and so he, he then, with that potential opening, with that, with that you know, where they've kind of, like, he's got their attention and they're looking at him favorably, he decides that he's going to tell them, look, if you'll continue in my word, you'll be my disciples indeed, you'll know the truth, and the truth will make you free. And they're like, oh, hold on a second, Jesus, let's not get carried away with this thing. We're Abraham's descendants, don't you know that? We've never been in bondage to anyone, we've never been enslaved by anyone. Well, again, denial's not a river in Egypt. They're enslaved to the Roman Empire right now. Can somebody say Babylon, right? Can somebody say, you follow what I'm saying? So, in other words, they, they have been in, in bondage, enslaved uh, throughout you know, their history as a people. But that isn't what Jesus is talking about here. And so they, they basically, you know, kind of go one up on him or try to, you know, come back at him. Uh, with their statement, and Jesus answered, Most assuredly I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. And a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. Therefore, if the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. He's talking about making us free from sin. Okay? He's talking about making us free from sin. Alright? now, There is a difference between someone who is a son and someone who is a slave, right? And that that distinguishing characteristic is based upon birth. It's based upon, you know, uh, in, in other words, a son is born of his father's seed. A servant or a slave is either owned by or purchased by or hired by the man of the house, so to speak, Okay. So Jesus is saying, look, I understand that you are descendants of Abraham, but but what I'm telling you now is that I've come to make you free, right, from sin so that you can abide in the house until you make a mistake. Is that what he said? I've come to do something for you that will enable you to abide in Father's house forever even if you still struggle in some areas of your flesh and sin on occasion. Okay? Are you, picking, are you, are you understanding here? This is really, really important. And, and there's a reason why I was kind of saving this part for later, but it's okay if we talk about it. Remember those candies that we used to eat when we were a kid? They were called now and laters. Amen? So this can be now and later. Amen? I was probably in the sixth grade before I knew that they were now and laters. All of my friends called them now-laters. And I thought they were calling them like, like annihilators, like annihilating something. I said, that's some really good candy. Amen. All right, you are all looking at me like I have lost my mind. I have not lost my mind. Are you still with me this morning? So now and later. Can we do it now and later? All right, so let's get, let's get back in here. Jesus says, I know that you are Abraham's descendants. Jesus is like, I'm I know that you know, biologically you descended from Abraham, but you seek to kill me because my word has no place in you. Why does his word have no place in them? His word has no place in them because they have not given his word place. To give something place means you have to value it. To give something place means you have to recognize it as important. To give something place means you make it a priority. They didn't make Jesus' word a priority. Remember he said, if you continue in my word, meaning if you'll give my word place, if you'll make it a priority, you will be my disciples indeed. That will lead you to knowing the truth that will cause you to be so free from sin that you abide as a son in Father's house forever. I speak what I have seen with my father, and you do what you have seen with your father. They answered and said to him, Abraham is our father. Jesus said to him, if you were were Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham. Now, among other things here, Jesus is setting the stage for what will be further expounded upon when the Holy Spirit gives the book of Galatians to the body of Christ through the apostle Paul. And he's establishing a difference between someone who is simply born of Abraham's seed, therefore they are biologically Abraham's descendants, versus or compared to someone who is actually Abraham's child. He's going to explain for us in the book of Galatians The difference between a child of Abraham that's born of the flesh and a child of Abraham that's born of the Spirit. Ishmael was born of the flesh. Isaac was born of the Spirit. Isaac was a child of promise. And the Bible says that we now have been born of the incorruptible seed of the Word of God by the Spirit of God, and we are now men and women, children of promise. Amen. We're children of promise. Okay. Feel better already. Now, let's go back to Galatians 3. Amen. Are you still with me? Therefore know that only those who are of faith are sons of Abraham. So do you see how someone could be a biological descendant of Abraham, but not as what this is referring to be actual sons of Abraham. Sons of Abraham may not be biological descendants of Abraham, but they do the works of Abraham. What were the works of Abraham? Jesus said, your work is to believe on him whom God has sent. The works of Abraham involve faith. The works of Abraham involve the effort that Abraham put into believing God. The effort that Abraham put into believing what God said God was able to do, and that was the works of Abraham. Let me me say it another way. Did Abraham give God's Word place in his life? You better know he did. He considered it and glorified it above everything else. He considered it and glorified it above um, what other people said. He considered it and glorified it uh, above decades of not being able to conceive a child with Sarah. He considered and glorified it above, are you hearing me? Above how things looked, seemed, and felt. He considered it and glorified it above, right? What did the Bible say he considered not his own body now dead and the deadness of Sarah's womb. He considered those things to be facts, but he considered the Word of God to be truth and that the Word of God had the power within it because it's living and powerful to change the temporary conditions of his and Sarah's bodies. He gave it place. These are the works of Abraham. Therefore, no that only those who are of faith are sons of Abraham. Now I'm not trying to just hammer this, but again, you've got to understand that only the sons of Abraham inherit the blessing of Abraham. And so we've got to understand what qualifies someone, what what enables someone to be a son of Abraham. And it's only those who are of faith. Only means this and none other. Okay only means this, that, and none other. So, only means those who are of faith are sons of Abraham and no one else. Nobody else. You say, wow, Pastor Mark, that, that sounds you know, kind of uh, you know, narrow-minded. That, that sounds kind of uh, you know, like you're excluding. No, no, I'm not excluding anybody. And for that matter, Father's not excluding anybody because it's not His choice. It's our choice. But because we have chosen to receive Jesus, because we have chosen to be men and women of faith, this is what makes us sons and daughters of Abraham. And the Scripture, verse 8, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preach the gospel to Abraham beforehand, saying, In you all the nations shall be blessed. Let me stop by right here for just a moment. Preach the gospel. Obviously, the Bible speaks of the gospel of salvation. We understand uh, the, the gospel of the kingdom. And so the gospel basically means the good news, the good news of Jesus Christ. Amen. But if we're preaching the gospel without preaching the blessing, then we're not preaching the gospel. Amen. It's kind of like if you're preaching the gospel without preaching Jesus, you're not preaching the gospel. If you're preaching the gospel without preaching the kingdom, you're not preaching the gospel. You're preaching a portion of it, maybe, But the gospel includes the gospel of the kingdom. The gospel includes the good news of his kingdom now brought to mankind on earth. The good news, right, the gospel includes what Jesus has done for us so we can enter into that kingdom. The gospel includes Jesus becoming cursed for us so that the blessing of Abraham could be now upon those who are non-biological descendants of Abraham. Notice when God said he preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham saying, In you all nations of the earth shall be blessed. And Lord, when he preached the gospel to Abraham, I don't know what all he told Abraham. I believe he told him the whole story. I believe he told him all about Jesus coming. I believe he told him all about Jesus dying. I believe he told him all about Jesus being raised up from the dead. I believe he explained all that to him so that Abraham would have context when God, his covenant partner, asked him to offer his son. Where else did Abraham receive the idea that, that God would raise his son from the dead? I believe God had already told him about the days coming when his son's going to die for all mankind and that God the Father was going to raise Jesus, the son, from the dead. We don't have all those details. I don't think it's a stretch for us to fill in those blanks. But what we do have, and remember, this is what the Holy Spirit chose to give us concerning the preaching of the gospel beforehand to Abraham, was that in you all nations shall be blessed. So in case we missed it in verse 7, so then those who are of faith are blessed with believing Abraham. He didn't say you will be blessed. He said you are blessed. You are blessed. You are empowered to prosper. You are enabled by God to do things that other people are not enabled to do. You have an enhancement from heaven upon you and your life. Something that distinguishes you. Listen to me, please. Something that sets you apart. Something that makes you exceptional. Something that makes you different from other people on planet earth who have not received this blessing from heaven upon their lives through receiving Jesus and what He's done for them. Do you believe that? (sighs) Praise God. The blessing you have been given must be believed and acted upon for it to be a factor in in your physical reality. Being blessed is one thing, believing you are is another. We receive the blessing by faith, and we resist the curse by faith. As born-again believers, we have a blessing to receive, and we have a curse to resist. This is why the enemy of your soul tries so hard to blur the lines between what's blessing and what's cursing so that we won't know what to receive and what to resist. This is why the enemy of your soul tries so hard to blur the lines between what's, what God is wanting to do in your life and what the devil is trying to do in your life. It's why he tries to deceive you and tell you that the bad things It's either God doing it or God asking the devil to do it for him. My friend, God and the devil are not in cohorts with one another. Are you hearing me? They they don't get together while we're all asleep and plan strategy against us. Are, Are you following what I'm saying? What fellowship has light with darkness? What agreement has the devil with God? Are you hearing what I'm saying? The Bible asks these questions. And of course, the answer is zero. In our Father is light and there is no darkness at all. There is a curse on planet earth. That we have to resist by faith. It will try to invade your life. It will try to creep into your mind. It will try to work its way into your bank account. It will try to work its way into your health. It will try to work its way into your marriage. It will try to work its way into your finances. It will try to work its way into your destiny. Are you understand what I'm saying? There's a curse. It's pervasive. It's like darkness. It's like evil. It's like kudzu. We have to keep it at bay and we keep it at bay by faith. In the same way there is a curse that has to be resisted by faith, there is a blessing that must be received by faith. Now, the blessing you have been given includes number one, protection. Number two, provision. Number three, prosperity. Anybody figured out by now that the blessing is pro, right? (laughs) Protection, provision, prosperity, and promotion. Anybody in here can use some of that? Amen. Amen. Now, a moment ago, I jumped again ahead of myself, but I went ahead and let you know that you're a child of promise. If you're born again, you've been given something that other people on this planet have not been given. You became something through that experience that other people on this planet have not became. You've received empowerment, enablement, and enhancement from heaven that separates you, distinguishes you from all other people on planet earth. Let's talk for a moment about Abraham. Because again, it's the blessing that was upon Abraham that God placed upon him that has now been placed upon you and me as born-again believers. Was Abraham protected? He absolutely was protected. He was protected even when he didn't fully understand just how protected he was. He was protected even when not that I'm advising you to go do something dumb to see if you are, but he did he was protected even when he did some dumb things. Let me ask you this. Was Abraham's protection, the protection that was on Abraham, was it below the average protection of other people on planet Earth? Was it the Was it the same as the protection that is on other people on planet Earth, or was it above average, or was it exceptional? It was exceptional. I know I may be belaboring this point, but I'm trying to get you to see something here. Because Abraham had received the blessing from Father God upon his life, he had exceptional protection. He had protection that other people didn't have. He had access to protection that other people did not have access to. What about provision? Was his provision below average, average, or above average? He was above average, right? It was above average. Father provided for him when other people had to come to him to get something from him. Amen. Are you seeing this? So again, we could say, that the blessing upon Abraham meant that he was provided for above what was the norm, above what was just, you know, common, or, 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 or we could again say the average provision. Amen? Again, it was exceptional. It, it, it was remarkable. It was different, it was unique, it was was noticeable. People would come to Abraham. People would come to Abraham's descendants. Nations would come to what outsiders would only understand as like a fledgling family. But nations would come to them and say, look, make an agreement with us right now. That's how remarkable the blessing was on their lives. What prosperity did... I mean, the Bible says it this way. The Bible says that Abraham was very rich. That Isaac began to prosper, continued to prosper, and became very prosperous. So again, was there prosperity? Again, you've got like... Below average, average, above average, right? We we might call it like the the upper class, all right? But rich people called Abraham rich kings. called Abraham rich so again even if we take that same three point scale among those who were rich was Abraham on the lower end of the spectrum below average rich, average rich or above average prosperous and rich above average what were you saying a while ago Matt about trying to give folks stuff and they don't want to take it Amen. are y'all with me are y'all hearing me? You realize, I'm, I think y'all are pretty, pretty smart. I'm not talking about Abraham this morning. I'm talking about you. I'm talking about the blessing that's upon you. See, when we don't understand the blessing that's upon us, our expectations are for average at best. Our expectations are just as long as we're not below average in provision, just as long as we're not below average in protection, just as long as we're not below average in in, in promotion. In other words, as long as somebody's not getting the promotion, we should be getting. My friend, you should be getting promotions that you don't deserve. I mean, folks should be going, why does Michael keep getting all the promotions? And he's been getting them. He's been getting some. Right? Again, it's the blessing. It's the blessing. Now, one of the points that we've made throughout our study is that far too many people have more confidence in the curse than they do the blessing. They have more faith and belief in the force that's on this planet working against them than they have in the force called the blessing that's on this planet and on them working for them. And one of the ways that we've tried to point that out is, you know, things are going really well in somebody's life and they're afraid to acknowledge it because they're afraid they will jinx it. I know we just finished the football season, right? Have you ever noticed like when the commentator says, that quarterback's gone nine games without throwing an interception... And, and what do people think? You just jinxed him, dude. In other words, things are going really well, but let's not even talk about them going really well. Because if the minute we say it's going really well, something bad's going to happen. The minute we say it's really going well, we're going to throw an interception. The minute we say something's really going well, you know, uh, our, our kid's going to bring home C's and D's again. That is more confidence in the curse than there's confidence in the blessing. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Amen? Things are going really well for me right now and they're only getting better. Good things coming. Things are better in my life right now than they've ever been and I'm expecting them to even get better from here. Amen. See, that's faith. That's faith. I'm not... Listen, notice the devil will have us afraid to talk about the good things that are going on in people's lives. Going on in our lives. All right, you ready for this? Rest, R-E-S-T, if you're writing things down, write this down. Rest and fear are the measuring sticks of the soul to genuinely determine these things. Rest and fear are the measuring sticks of the soul to genuinely determine these things. What do we mean by that? The more faith you have in the blessing, the more at rest you will be in your daily life. The more faith you have in the blessing, You say, Pastor Mark, I I thought our blessing was supposed to be in, I I thought our faith was supposed to be in God. Absolutely, our faith is in God. Amen. But the God that we have faith in says what? That he has blessed you with the blessing that was upon Abraham. The God that you believe in says he has put the same enhancement, the same empowerment, the same enablement that he put upon Abraham, he's now put it upon you. But if you don't believe that God's put that upon you, if you don't have faith in what He's placed upon you, remember, we looked at this in, in, on Wednesday night and Sunday. It was that important. Jesus gave power and authority over every demon and unclean spirit to cast them out. Over all sickness and over all disease, He gave power and authority to the disciples over all sickness, all disease, all, de- all uh, devils and demons to cast them out, right? So when the little boy comes and they can't cast the devil out, Jesus says, you couldn't cast him out because of your unbelief. Meaning what? They didn't believe they had power and authority to cast them all out. Are you hearing me? That was where the faith broke down. So absolutely our faith and confidence is in God. But it's And specifically in God and in what God has said. And our faith in God's word to us is what God's word to you and me is. Jesus became a curse for us so that the blessing of Abraham could come upon you and me. So the more faith you have in the blessing, the more at rest you will be in your daily life. But remember we said rest and fear are measuring sticks of the soul. Little to no faith in the blessing will be reflected in much fear in your daily life. Do you see how this works? Do you see what I'm saying? Or was just like, well, how do I how do I know, Pastor Mark? How do I know if I have faith in God and faith in the blessing that God has given to me? Rest and fear. The more confidence you have in the blessing, the less. Uh, Fear you will have and the more rest you will enjoy and experience in your daily life. The less faith you have in the blessing, the more fear you will have and experience and be tormented by in your daily life. What is fear if it's not a lack of faith and confidence you are protected and provided for? Getting quiet up in here, that's all right. And what is rest if it's not faith and confidence you are protected and provided for. Now let's let's go back to Faith 099. Let's go back to Faith 101, okay? Faith involves aligning my thoughts, words, and actions with what Father has spoken concerning me that's faith faith is aligning my thoughts words and actions with what God has said concerning me okay walking by faith means To walk, live every day of our lives, aligning our thoughts, words, and actions with what Father God has said concerning our lives. But remember, he says we walk by faith, not by sight. What does it mean to walk by sight? Walking by sight is when you align, listen to me very carefully now, when you align your thoughts, words, and actions with the way things look, seem, and feel. See, we look and we say, well, it, it doesn't look like people are protected. It doesn't seem like, it doesn't feel like. Psalm 91 says a thousand will fall on one side of you and 10,000 will fall on the other side of you and it will not touch you. See, that's, that's called exceptional. That's, that's called a distinguishing characteristic. That's called being set apart. amen but see here's the thing I don't you know I don't I don't think like just a thousand people fell. maybe that could obviously happen thousand at one time it started with you know a few people and then five or ten then 15 or 20 then it's on Fox News right a hundred then it's three hundred then it's seven hundred right in other words the enemy is you know this is happening you know it's everybody's getting this the coronavirus right it's so now all of a sudden you know because all these folks are being affected this is not the time to align your thoughts words and actions with the way things look seem and feel imagine for a moment I want you to imagine this then we'll pray I know I'm out of time where did the time go I want you to imagine for a moment a line shoulder to shoulder line of eleven thousand and one people it's a long line eleven thousand and one people and you're in that line you're number one thousand and one in that line and here it comes like dominoes people all of them falling 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 and it gets to you and it jumps over you and then those folks fall and you're standing there fine you're standing there well and whole and strong and prospering and protected and provided for and matter of fact while everything else is is caving in around you you just got a raise you you just got promoted you your your sphere of influence just increased In the midst of all that. See, the problem is, you know, when it's 997, 998, 999, what are you doing? <laughs> are you, are you understand what I'm saying? Are you sitting there going, well, I'm next? Flu's going around, just a matter of time. See, again, that's. Singers, musicians, come on, please. Praise God. How about it's not coming nigh my dwelling? It ain't, it ain't, it ain't coming here. It's for me and my house. We serve the Lord, it's for me and my house. We, we're protected. Amen. 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 See, listen to me, please. Enemy has really... Because, listen, when the, when the Holy Spirit starts stirring something in me, obviously the enemy is trying to counteract that. He's trying to, you know. And, and so, like a lot of people in this room, we have, in my personal family, we have certainly experienced some losses. I, 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 you know, and the enemy's like, are you, are you really going to get up there and, and, and talk about this? Do you realize what some of those folks have been through in that room? Do you realize what some of those people in that room have lost? Do you realize what you've lost? They're going to look at you like, well, where was your faith, big boy, when all that was going? No, again, see, that's, that's the enemy because he's scared of this. He doesn't want you to know that it's so simple that you just believe that you're protected. It's not karma. You're not protected because you're trying to be a good person. It's not how it works. It's faith. It's faith in the God who loves you. Faith in the blessing that He's placed upon you. My brother my sister you are far more exceptional than you realize. right? See, people who don't understand this, people in the world, people in the church, they'd be going like, well, who does he think he is? Right? Notice the question. Who does he think he is? I think I'm a child of promise. I think I was born of incorruptible seed. Amen. I think I have been permanently justified. Amen. And therefore I am permanently qualified. Yes, permanently that's, qualified. That's, that's who I think I am. I think the blessing that was on Abraham made him exceptional. And that because my Jesus Came under the curse with me and lifted it off of me so that the blessing of Abraham could come upon me. I believe that that blessing makes me exceptional. Yes. Thank you. And that it makes you exceptional. What's that saying? There's, there's always exceptions to the rule. <laughs> Amen. And there's always exceptions to the curse. That's right. There's always exceptions to the curse. Amen. You get anything out of this? Amen. All right, stand with me this morning. Praise God. Praise the name of the living God. Praise the name of the living God. Praise the name of the living God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You qualified us, Lord. When our sin disqualified us, from fellowship with the Father, disqualified us for the blessing and qualified us for the curse. You came. Took our sin, not in part, but in whole. We were slaves to sin, Father, but you made us sons. Slave doesn't abide in Father's house, but a son, child of promise, abides in Father's house forever. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for helping us lay hold of these truths. Father, I feel such an urgency. feel such an urgency, Father. You keep bringing me back to protection. You keep bringing me back to protection. You keep bringing me back to protection, Father. Oh, Father, may your people hear what you're saying to them this morning. May we be the exception, Father. Not because we obey Moses' commandments. Not because we come to church and give our money, Father. All that's important, but that's not where our confidence, Lord, rests this morning. Our confidence is not in our ability to make ourselves right. But, Lord, our confidence is in your love for us. Our confidence is in what Jesus has done for us. Confidence is in who you've made us and what you've given to us. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. I want us to sing this song together this morning. If you'd like someone to pray with you, agree with you, there's some that have already responded to the altar this morning. These altars are always open. Amen. But again, these altars are open for you. We'd love to pray with you, agree with you today. Could you just take a moment before we all break for lunch and and go to our afternoon ahead and just kind of seal yourself in for a moment with the Holy Spirit. Ask Him to show you how exceptional you are. Ask Him to show you what it means to be a child of promise to be one who abides in Father's house forever. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Let's sing it, brother. Praise God.